this is Rachel. Welcome to the Recovery Daily Podcast. I always have to think about that for a second. That's terrible. Anyway, we'll get used to it. Um, Today, the topic is create your sense of belonging. When I started my job at um, the company that I work at now, I distinctly remember, now this was seven years ago, I guess eight years ago, um, I distinctly remember feeling completely like I did not belong there, Um, completely like these people were super intimidating, you know, they spoke in acronyms, Um, I didn't know anybody, Um, I felt confident that I was going to do fine because, um, well, I feel like I just, I, I guess I have confidence in that way that um, I don't feel terribly uh, intimidated to the point where I'm just like, I can't do this job or anything like that. But it was just I knew it was going to take a long time to be able to speak the language and get to know these people. And, um, and so I remember going to an all hands meeting and, um, we were presented with, you know, the direction, what's, what's been happening in the company And so leadership was talking and I was thinking, um, wow, these, (laughs) these, uh, folks have been doing this for a long time and I barely even know what they're talking about and, um, and just feeling out of place, completely out of place. And, On a day-to-day basis, so I worked in a cubicle, and I'd almost forgotten, but there was a young woman in the cubicle next to me um, who I became friends with. It seems like eternity ago, but but she was really friendly with me, and, um, and the rest of my team, there were three other people on my team, and they were all... Um, oddly stuffed in one office. There were like three desks inside this one office <coughs> office that was really only big enough for one <laughs> one big desk. So um, the setup was was a little strange because I was like down the hall from my own team. So it was a little challenging to really connect with them in that way. Um, but I was able to connect with this um, young woman next to me, and there were a couple other people around me. I don't really uh, recall them. I guess they did. <laughs> they weren't. They weren't memorable. I don't know. Uh, sorry if you were one of them. And so um, I remember like taking breaks. I smoked at that time. And I think I I vaped. So I remember taking breaks just to get out of the office, to get out of that scenery. 
I remember going, retreating to the bathroom and just sitting in there in the bathroom for a few minutes because I was just, I felt, I felt lonely and empty. Like I didn't know anybody and it wasn't, um, I don't know. That's what I was feeling. I knew that if I stuck to it, I knew after a month that I wasn't going to feel that way anymore. But at that time, I felt strongly that, um, that I was alone. And at that time, I was still drinking at that time. Um, I, I, uh, I, I definitely felt already at that point, I think that I wanted to drink. So it, it was, um, like in the office. So we were very much a small company at that time. And so they were, uh, at like, four o'clock, five o'clock, they had like happy hours. So people would um, go to break out like a bottle of wine or something at their desks or beer or something like that. And um, I had already gone to rehab once and was not supposed to be drinking. So um, anyway, there was all of those additional challenges that were going on in my head. And um and so I, I've been thinking about all of these different times in my life that I did, I did not have a feeling of belonging. And the reason why I knew that after a month I would be okay is because every time I started a new job, um, whether it was when I was in high school, when I was in college, or um, at this point, I had long been graduated and stuff, I still just always got that feeling of being alone. I wasn't really one of those people that um, that was just like, oh, this is an opportunity to meet friends, you know, like my daughter at the <laughs> bus stop, walking up on her first day to this little girl and saying, will you be my friend or something? Oh, no, I think it was on the bus. She said they walked up to each other and said, will you be my friend or something? And um, I never was like that ever my whole life. But um, I remember in, in college having a feeling of, of not belonging I had lots of friends. I had friends in all the different cliques, but I didn't have just one clique, you know, that that was mine. And I remember in college feeling like I didn't belong. Um, imposter syndrome, for sure. I was in a sorority, and I just never felt I never ever the whole time felt like I belonged um I I pledged the sorority because of peer pressure and um and it just you know I had lots of friends and I I drank you know it was a great way for me to get alcohol free and uh 
And so that was like, that was my cloak. That was my protection. And um, I never necessarily felt unsafe or I definitely felt a little vulnerable when I had to um, speak to all of my sisters and stuff like that. And um, the other times that I feel vulnerable would be uh, back uh, in, in work um, before I really, you know, I started getting to know people, but I think there is, uh, there's this competition between my drive to be successful and my, um, courage to meet new people. So I think my drive to be successful is stronger than my courage to meet new people. And that left me in a vulnerable situation because I ended up presenting to leadership like my first year that I was there. I was um, I was presenting to these to a room full of gentlemen um, who had been in the industry for a really long time. And I didn't like personally know any of them. So that that was a that was very vulnerable um, for me. But that said, uh, all of these situations, I feel like I was in the middle. I was in the middle, uh, like the eye of a hurricane. I was in the middle of what could have been uh, disastrous for me. I was in the middle of vulnerability. I was in the middle of sadness, fear, you name it. But I left untouched. I was left untouched by all of these things. And why is that? I I'm not quite sure because I really was setting myself up for failure in a lot of ways where I was um you know, I already knew that I was an alcoholic that was actively still drinking. And I was, um, I was dipping and dabbling in drinking while I was at work, you know, with these happy hours and such. And, um, And, you know, I was drinking and driving. I was doing lots of things that were just like, ah, how do you articulate it? Like unplanned. Un I was just flying by the seat of my pants, really. And, um, and I really was left unscathed. <clears throat> Not a lot of people walk away like I did. Not a lot of people just go get sober, you know, uh, not a lot of people are able to get uncomfortable, start meeting people, and, and create their sense of belonging. So one thing that I've been trying to do lately is I've been trying to, when I am in an environment 
that makes me feel a sense of comfort, my refuge. I take a snapshot. I've talked about snapshots in previous episodes, but I take a snapshot. I I look around and I pause and I capture the moment. This is a moment when I feel 100% at peace, 100% safe, 100% uh, like I belong here. And then when I do that, I, I try to now, this isn't something that takes 10 minutes or anything. It's something that's just kind of running through my head. I think, where am I? Like, am I at home? Am I in my bedroom? Am I in my car? You know, where am I where, that, where I'm, I'm getting this sense of comfort? And why do I have comfort here? What, what is here? in this place that I could possibly stick in my pocket and take other places. So is, is the comfort that I'm feeling because I'm at home and my boyfriend's here? Is, is it because my kids are home from school? You know, that's not happening anymore. I just talked about that yesterday, (laughs) but what is it? that's causing that feeling of, of comfort. And is it something that I can take with me wherever I go? You know, they say, uh, home is where your heart is. Home is where your mother is. You know, they have all these little, little decorative sayings or whatever. Well, what is it? What is that thing? And can I bring it with me places so that home is where such and such is? So if you if you pause for a minute and think about where you can be yourself. Who is there? Where are you? What's around you? Are you home? Are you outside in nature? What do you feel? Do you feel happy? Or do you feel serene? Like, what what does that even mean to be yourself? Is yourself brave? Is yourself quiet, you know, where is that? And is it in the past, present, or future? In order to think about where can I be myself, am I putting myself back when I was a childhood and I'm with my brother, my sister, and my mom? Is that what I think of? Is that the only time in my life that I have felt like I can be myself? No, it's not. And yesterday, I talked a little bit about that. I talked a a bit about how, um, why did it take me so long to move forward um, when I felt like 
maybe my brother and my sister moved on faster than me. So what have I brought with me from then? I know that that those are the beginning experiences I had where I could be myself. But what did I take from that and bring with me to today? I'm 48 years old now. What is it? Because there's stuff that still lives inside of me that started when I was a kid. There's something that my brother, my sister, and my mom put inside of me that that I get to take with me for the rest of my life. It was my gift that they gave me. I think of my mom mostly when I think about that. I think about all of the the love and comfort and know-how and just empathy and compassion. These are all the things that my mom gifted me with, with, and I take those with me wherever I go. And I know for me that I feel like I'm most like myself, when I'm able to feel compassionate and I'm able to feel loved, not only feel loved, but give love. And I feel like myself when when people around me understand me. Sometimes I think about all of this stuff that happened in the past and I get so torn up about it, you know, like yesterday I I was thinking about, it was very much a tearjerker, the episode yesterday, because I was thinking of the past. Um, I was thinking of things that filled my heart from the past. And how I didn't want to let it go, you know. Um, but sometimes I think about things that happened in the past that I, that were not so great. And I wish I could let them go. And sometimes if I get too wrapped up in, you know, sometimes I'll think of something and I'll just start obsessing about it. Like to the point where I'll start feeling like, like hot and sweaty that I get all like, why the hell did I do that? Why did I do that? You know, and I, and I got to let it go. Um, and, and I don't, I don't know. It's again, progress, not perfection. But when I get, when I find myself in one of those loops, I get more lost in the past. If, it makes me feel lost in the present. So this is why I need to, I need to continuously try to pull myself back in to the present and capture the things from the past that serve me today and let go of the things that don't serve me today? What are the things that I experienced yesterday 
that gave me a sense of belonging. I'll tell you what it was. One of them, I played Battleship with my boyfriend, and I felt so incredibly loved yesterday at that, you know, for, for those, uh, that 30 minutes or so doing that. And when I look back and I think about things that, that are not serving me today, then I need to get my God box out. I've talked about my God box, you know, grabbing a sticky note, writing down on it, what is the thing that is stuck in my crawl that I need to let go of? And so I physically write it down on that sticky note and I stick it inside the box because I can't control people, places, and things. It's no longer mine. It's in the past. It's no longer mine. It's something that this complex brain of mine has created. It's a story, you know? It's a story, and I need to end the story. The story's over. So I just need to turn the last page of the book, close it, and put it away. So this evening, or this afternoon, uh, my, my boyfriend and I were listening to an interview of Neil deGrasse Tyson. And if you don't know who, he's, who he is, he's an American astrophysicist. And the reason why we were listening to it was because we started talking about, well, we were talking about life on, lives in the universe, like life on other planets and life uh, somewhere else in the universe. And and um, then the conversation, I told you we've been just talking a lot, so we've covered lots of topics. So we were talking about life on other planets and um, or other you know, yeah, planets, whatever. <laughs> and then that conversation moved over to dark matter. Then we started talking about string theory. So then we pulled up, uh, he pulled up uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson stuff uh, on the TV. So um, if you're wondering for my vision, I face the wall in the other direction and I just listen to the TV and he watches the TV. And if there's anything visually that's going to add value to what I'm hearing, he tells me what, what is on the screen. So what, what Mr. Tyson said, uh, well, I don't want to say what he said. I'm going to say what I heard was him talking about finding your place in the world versus creating your place in the world. So I think I can definitely relate to that, how, um, you know, when I, when I was in high, when I was in college, I was a math major and I wanted to work at NASA. I wanted to work at NASA and or be an astronaut. That's what I wanted. And yet when I graduated, I did absolutely nothing to move in the direction of doing that. Nothing. Um, I ended up working at uh, Dulles Airport and I thought, this is the, <laughs> these are the big leagues here. I got airplanes flying over my head. <laughs> that was it. I, I hit the big time. I never tried further than that. And I could have, I absolutely could have, um, 
But I didn't. And I can blame that on everything in the world, including my drinking and everything else. But um, but the only thing I have to blame is is myself, you know, is my own drive. Um, because if I wanted to do it, I could have done it. I'm, I'm certainly smart enough. I think I'm smart enough. And maybe that's, that's, uh, presumptuous for me to say, but I really do think that, um, think that I'm smart enough and maybe I'm not the, I wouldn't be the best, but, um, like Neil deGrasse Tyson also says that, um, I never, I may never become great, but I can always get better. And so I think I could have done it. What's my point? Well, I think that I found myself a lot of times comparing myself to other people, you know, like, well, especially when I was a math major, like, ugh. There were some some guys that were majored in math also, and they weren't very nice. Like one guy said to me, I'll never forget it. And I'm sure people who know me have heard me say this before. He said, why don't you stick? Why don't you stick to uh, putting numbers in the type? Mm, sorry, let me try that again. Why don't you stick to typing numbers in the calculator? That's what you do best. And for a math major, that's offensive. <laughs> I would certainly, I couldn't believe he said something like that. And then following that, that same year, my, um, so that was my senior year of high school. And that same year, my teacher, my calculus teacher told me that I should not major in math, that I wouldn't make it. And so I showed them I did it. I, <laughs> they don't even know. And, um, but anyway, I did it. I majored in math and I graduated. Um, but what I should have been doing is, is comparing myself only to my best self yesterday. That's the only thing that I need to worry about is getting better myself, being better today at something that I did yesterday. And in order to keep being my best self, I have to share it with other people. I have to give it away to nurture it. Because my best self coexists with others. My best self has to have other people around me, whether that's my family, my friends, my boyfriend, my kids, my co-workers, strangers. I am my best self when I am with other people, when I can get add value to other people's lives. And all that time that I was drinking, I was not adding value to anyone's lives, much less my own. I was taking away from the world rather than giving 
to it. And I also heard in, in the interview um, that Mr. Tyson said, you know, mentioned leaving the world a, a little bit better off than, uh, than before you were here. What? Leaving the world a little better off than it was before you got here or something like that. You know what I mean? And, um, and so I'm trying to do that. You know, I do that by when I, um, I was walking to the pool a couple, maybe a month ago, I was walking to the pool through my neighborhood and I passed by this house and I pass by it all the time. And there's this, uh, it's, it's really pretty. There's a gar, a little mini garden. It's just a townhouse, but a little mini garden and there's like a waterfall in there and everything. And, and so I always kind of like, Hmm, that's nice. You know, it just makes me feel very pleasant. Well, one day I was, uh, recently I was walking by that house and there was a lady out there in the garden. Um, and she was, you know, tending to the garden. And so I took a few steps past her and I thought better of myself and I backed up and I said to her, she didn't look up at me. I said to her, I love walking this way because I get to walk by your beautiful garden. And she looked up at me and her face just lit up and she said, thank you. And I thought to myself, that, that's my best self. It's not about what I can do to get better at, you know, sewing, doing podcasts, uh, all the, the stuff that I've been doing at work. That's not, that's not my best self. My best self is when I get to do that in somebody else's life. And then the final thing that I got from the interview that we listened to today was um, he said, Mr. Tyson said that if I, if I do it right, then what I've shared with it's, let me try again, sorry. If I do it right, it's what I've shared with others that is remembered, not that I was the one who shared it. And I thought that that was really meaningful too. So that's what I've got for you today. And thanks for listening. And I will talk to you tomorrow.